Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast comes from Sonovate, the leading provider of finance and payment solutions for the contingent workforce. If you're placing contractors in the UK or overseas, Sonovate's technology and funding can help you unlock your working capital. Whether you're a large recruitment business or just starting up, with Sonovate, managing your contractors' payments has never been easier, allowing you to focus on expanding your business. Don't let payment deadlines hold you back. Trust Sonovate to keep your funds in place and your business growing. Find out more at www.sonovate.com. That's www.sonovate.com. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Before we start the show this week, I want to tell you about an event that I'm hosting later in the month. The combination of technological disruption and the current economic uncertainty is causing all of us to think deeply about the future of talent acquisition. To help you cut through some of the noise out there around the future, I'm running a webinar looking at the road ahead for talent acquisition. It's taking place on Tuesday, April 18th at 11am Eastern Time, and a recording will be made available for everyone who registers. So don't worry if your calendar or time zone don't align to watch it live. You can register by going to bit.ly slash Matt Alder. That's bit.ly slash Matt Alder. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 512 of the Recruiting Future podcast. As we move through 2023, the pace of disruption continues to intensify. The complexities and implications of the economic and technological landscapes are overwhelming. It's increasingly difficult to break out of short-term thinking and make the long-term strategic decisions that are now needed. Over the last few years, the word agile has been somewhat overused, but does it hold the key to unlocking the future potential of talent acquisition? My guest this week is Joshua Karievsky, founder and CEO of Industrial Logic and author of a new book called The Joy of Agile. 
In our conversation, Joshua revisits the original definition of agile and shares six mantras to help TA leaders during these challenging times. Hi, Joshua, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me on your show. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Please could you introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Hi, yeah, I'm Joshua Kurievsky. I'm the CEO and founder of a company called Industrial Logic. We've been around for about 26 years, and we've been early pioneers of uh, Agile, the Agile movement in software development, and we help companies around the world become more Agile. Fantastic stuff. Now, you've actually just had a book published called Joy of Agile. Tell us a little bit about what the book's about and who it's for. Yeah, great. Uh, I mean, there's there's there are hundreds of agile books out there, right? Uh, I'm well aware of them because um, I've been doing this for so long. Uh, I I didn't want to write yet another boring text about about agile. Um, so this book is really focused on the joy of agility itself. So stories of actual people that are agile. They wouldn't even call themselves agile, but if you look at their actions, their behaviors. It's incredibly agile, which which you know we we'll, we should get to the definition of the word, but uh, suffice it to say, the book is a, a kind of a collection of my favorite stories of the last twenty to thirty years. Fantastic! And looking forward to hearing some of them in in the conversation. As you say, we probably should start with the definition of agile. I think for a lot of people listening, you know, they'll know it in the context of software development. They'll also know it in the context that. It's a word that everyone seems to use for everything <laughs> these days. <laughs> oh, yes. Give us the definition of it in terms of the work that you do. Yeah, and this is really central to my book and to you know how I think about Agile. I do not think Agile is some kind of project management methodology. I don't think it's specific to the software industry. I don't think it is something that we can certify people in. The dictionary makes it super clear what the word means. Now, normally, you know, in deference to the OED, the Oxford English Dictionary, I, I would normally quote the definition from there, but I actually prefer the Merriam-Webster Dictionary's definition. And there's two parts to it. The first is that, that agile, first of all, it's an adjective, right? An agile surgeon, an agile dancer, an agile team. Um, this adjective means marked by a ready ability to move with quick, easy grace, or having a quick, resourceful, and adaptable character. I think it's it's important to to know that definition, even to know it by heart, because uh, when you when you think about agility, uh, first of all, it applies everywhere. You know, you 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 would like you know your sales folks to be agile. You'd like your marketing people to be agile. You'd like operations folks to be agile. Like ideally, executives are focused on agility, which means how can the organization move or work with quick, easy grace? How can you help your customers get their jobs done? with your product or service to help them execute their work with quick, easy grace. That That's why it's an important word. And it's overused, yes, and it's become commercialized, commodified, all kinds of... It's been on a wild ride for the last couple of decades. Yeah, absolutely. Give us some kind of examples of yeah, Agile at work. Absolutely. I mean, you know, here's a real simple one. And it's, uh, you know, it's, a, it's about Richard Branson. Right. And this was before he was Sir Richard Branson. So back in the late 1970s, he was going to the airport with his girlfriend and it was in the Virgin Islands, uh, the British Virgin Islands. And he was, they were planning to take a flight to Puerto Rico. Perfectly beautiful day, no weather issues. But when they got to the airport, uh, the flight was just canceled. 
and all these passengers were stranded and there was really no indication of when the next flight would, 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 would leave. So what do you do? What do you do in a situation like that? Most of us, I mean, this is in the days before uh, iPhones and iPads and all kinds of other things. We'd maybe go to a cafe, read a book, uh, call someone, uh, whatever. Richard Branson calls a charter airline and asks, what would it cost to fly one way from the British Virgin Islands to Puerto Rico? Finds out the price, asks how many seats were on the plane, does some math, picks up a, a piece of cardboard in the airport and writes on it, $39 US one-way flight to Puerto Rico. And then basically sells out all the seats and flies uneventfully to Puerto Rico. Amazing. Is that how he started his airline? That he said was one of that was the yes, that was the beginnings of him realizing he could actually run an airline. Uh, and now what did he do? I mean, Mark, uh, Matt, any of us could have picked up a phone, right? Any of us could have made a phone call in that airport, right? We were all capable of that. We're all capable of probably at that time, there was probably a, a, a telephone book, right? We could have found a charter airline in the telephone book. But like what empowered him to have that thought? What, what enabled him to, to become an agile traveler that day? Because he was, he was quick, he was adaptable to the situation, and he was quite resourceful. Right. So to me, that's a, that's an example of agility. Now, Richard Branson probably wouldn't say, Hey, I was an agile traveler that day, but his behavior was, was deeply agile. And I think the vast majority of people listening, you know, will recognize the traits there and why they're so important as, you know, work life gets more and more disrupted and changes happening so quickly and people are having to, you know, to think on their feet and move quickly. How can people be more agile? Is it something that, that people can, can learn, can train themselves? How can we all be more agile at what we do? Yeah, I mean, I, so there's, there's, you know, lots of books, there's lots of courses, there's lots of uh, people, you know, who are consultants or companies that want to help help you learn to be agile. For me, it's it's basically coming down to like the essence of what it means. So when we say be quick, right, because quickness is part of agility. The problem is, a lot of times we're hurrying or rushing. And that does not lead to the great, greatest results, especially in business. Right, we are often in a in a state of constant hurry and constant rushing. That's not that's not equivalent to being quick. Being quick is always good, but rushing and hurrying often leads to mistakes, sometimes costly mistakes. So one of the mantras in the book is called "Be quick, but don't hurry," and that is a phrase, a mantra that a famous coach in the U.S. a, uh, a coach named John Wooden, who is considered one of the greatest you know, coaches of basketball and, and also one of the greatest coaches of the 20th century. Uh, he was not only a Hall of Fame player, but a Hall of Fame coach. And that was a mantra he used every day, many times a day, helping his players learn not to hurry or rush. Because if you hurry or rush and make mistakes on the basketball court, you lose games. Uh, and he, he took many of his teams to championships. They did, I think they won 10 championships in a row. Uh, or out of out of twelve uh, in the twelve year period, just just an insane record. So that's a mantra among six of them in the in the book. You mentioned that you've got six mantras altogether. Talk us through some of the other ones. Sure, absolutely. And I, I just will start out by saying I didn't start out with a table of contents with these mantras, uh, not at all. Um, I wrote a bunch of stories that I love, stories that really to me you know illustrate 
the various nuances of agility. And over time, I had a list of stories and I had to organize them. So, you know, started to put them into different buckets and gradually, slowly, but surely over many months, um, these mantras kind of came, came out. Um, it, it kind of began with be quick, but don't hurry. And then it kept moving. So another one is uh, be balanced and graceful. So again, that uses the word grace, right? Because again, in the definition, it's, it's marked by a ready ability to move with quick, easy grace. So that mantra is about being in balance is critical in, in sports. It's also critical in business. It's also critical in life, right? If you get older and you, you don't have balance and you fall and you break your hip uh, or, or hurt yourself, right? So, so balance is incredibly important. What John Wooden, that coach, would say is you cannot be quick if you're not in balance. So you start to look at the word balance and you start to think, okay, do we have uh, balance in our lives. Like when I come to work, do I feel balanced or unbalanced? Am I off center? Am I upset about something? Um, maybe I'm not too emotionally balanced. You know, John Wooden would say to be quick, you must be balanced to be balanced. You have to have physical balance, but not, it's not enough. You have to have emotional and you have to have mental balance. Uh, and then beyond that, the coach would basically want to get, other kinds of balances, right, amongst the team. Defensive balance, offensive balance, size balance, different sized players, right? Um, he was obsessed with balance. So be balanced and graceful kind of helps you to implement be quick but don't hurry. Uh, and, and being graceful, of course, is, is, is critical to, you know, harmonious work. Uh, if you're ungraceful with people on a regular basis, you will lose them. Uh, if you're ungraceful with customers, you will lose them. So how can you be graceful with people? Um, how can you be graceful in handling obstacles? This, this sense of balance is important to being graceful because if you're not in balance, it, you don't tend to be too graceful. So the two kind of go together. A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi everyone, I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W-O-N-O-L-O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over a hundred markets, including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York, and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com slash pod. That's www.wonolo.com slash pod and take the stress out of finding workers without giving all of them away because obviously we you know i'm sure you'd quite like people to to buy and read the book but are there any that you feel would be sort of particularly applicable in the world of talent acquisition hr the kind of work that the people listening to the podcast are doing yeah i mean i there's there's a there's a mantra called drive out fear and that's inspired by w edwards deming the great management guru who basically said that you know the manager's job is to drive out fear 
uh, fear in the workplace just is toxic. It, it leads to poor performance. It leads to people remaining silent instead of actually using their voice to speak up and you know put their ideas out and so forth. If you're afraid at work, uh, you're just not going to get the best out of people and people are not going to feel like this is the greatest place to work. Uh, fear is just toxic to great, great performance. So drive out fear is something that is, is very important, especially in, in, the, in the, the world of talent. Mm, absolutely. And just give us a preview of the, of the other three, because this is such interesting stuff. I don't want to. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to kind of move on without finding out um, about the others. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, you know, another one is being poised to adapt. The word adapt is, is adaptable. Being adaptable is very important to agility. It's not synonymous with agility. If you're adaptable, it doesn't mean you're agile. To be agile would be to be quick, resourceful, and adaptable, all three. Um, but adaptability is very important, right? The, the, so the mantra there is be poised to adapt. If you're poised, you're actually in balance. You're ready. You've practiced. You are capable. You have a sort of high adaptive capacity, right? Your adaptive capacity is enough to allow you to adapt in the face of unforeseen or unexpected changes. Uh, on a basketball court, that's important because you're adapting to your opponents. Uh, in business, of course, it's extremely important as you adapt to changing situations in, in the in the marketplace. So. Being poised to adapt is a high bar because it's it's saying that we need to be practiced and ready to adapt. We need to spend time creating the environment that allows for adaptability, that allows us to make changes. So if people are 100% busy, they're hurrying and rushing all the time, their adaptive capacity is probably very low. There's just no time, no time to learn new stuff, right? All these AI things are happening now with like chat GBT and other AI tools. Some folks have no time at work. They don't have any slack, not the tool slack, but the, the concept of having some spare time, right? Slack is a wonderful book written by Tom DeMarco. Highly recommend it. Uh, I mentioned it in the book. And without slack, you know, you're probably not going to have time to prepare or to learn new things and be poised to adapt. So that's another you know important mantra. Yeah, a couple of others. Uh, the, the, another one is start minimal and evolve. And that's 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 a general approach we take when we're when we're being agile. Like if you're, I play tennis, so if you're learning tennis for the first time, you're not going to learn every nuance of how to hit a forehand uh, from the start. You're going to learn the basics, right? Start minimal and evolve. This applies especially to products. We often will build the embryonic version of the product and then evolve it, evolve it, evolve it as we learn from customers and others about what we actually need to be building. Um, it's, it's a core part of agility. It's just this concept of beginning with something small and embryonic and then evolving it. And the final one, one of my favorites, especially in a time of you know, economic challenge, uh, is be readily resourceful. So as we re might remember the Richard Branson story, he was incredibly resourceful in that airport. He was not stuck. He did not allow himself to just be, you know, a victim of the, the airline's, you know, issue with the whatever plane that they were trying to fly. He was resourceful. He found a way around an obstacle. And I think it's empowering to be resourceful. So it's great to study folks who have been resourceful. And those, those stories are all about that. 
Um, but when we're resourceful, we're not resentful of our situation. We are open-minded to finding solutions. We mentioned that work is changing very quickly. This kind of thinking is critically important for people as they sort of move through their careers. The pandemic's also, you know, radically increased that pace of change. What do you think the the future of work looks like? How do you think we'll be working in four or five years' time? Because we're obviously going through this big period of change at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, there are wonderful advantages to just working from home. Uh, and then there's also, you know, that kind of human connection that people crave in, in working together. So I think it will remain quite hybrid, which is you know, presents some challenges, but uh, it certainly works, right? The hybrid work, workplace. I think that's here to stay. I, I don't think that we're going to get back to just 100% in the office all the time. A lot of great things came out of, of you know, the kind of hybrid approach, or as we started in the pandemic, the completely, you know, at-home approach. A lot of unexpected, you know, good things resulted from that. But several years into this now, I mean, I'm I myself, you know, kind of craving getting back to an office and being around my colleagues rather than on on you know video calls all day long. So I think that that will definitely um, that that the yeah, hybrid will be the future. But uh, you know, the, the sad thing to me is we we for years tried to sell our customers on doing some remote work and never got very far with that. And then the pandemic came along and like, sure, yeah, work remotely. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I mean, talk about, you know, adapting. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. All the things that, you know, all the things that you've just been been talking about. So final question, where can people find you and where can they buy the book? The book is available at all major retailers. They can, you know, you can find me um, on LinkedIn or on sometimes these days on Twitter, but more on LinkedIn. Um, I also have a website. It's called joyofagility.com. And you can learn more about the book there. There's some videos. There's a You can download a free chapter. So if you're interested in looking at what the book's about, that's a good way to get started. And um, yeah, that's uh, generally how I'm reached. Joshua, thank you very much for talking to me. My pleasure, Matt. Thank you so much for having me on your show. My thanks to Joshua. A quick reminder that you can register for my webinar on the future for talent acquisition at bit.ly slash Matt Alder. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast, and get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. 
I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.